Don't be afraid to set yourself up in a different light. And I find, and I've addressed this in recent episodes, that everybody's copy pasting and becoming more and more vanilla. And it's hard to identify true talent, true diversity of backgrounds, skills and experience to add value to the organization that wants to hire you. Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone is doing well. If you're a big, long-time listener of this podcast, these ideas won't be new to you. How I package it is probably a good way of positioning it. I'm going to talk to you about the three critical, most crucial, most talked about mistakes that job seekers make during a recruitment process. And this is feedback that comes to me straight from recruiters. And I can validate that by the fact that a lot of people that work with me through consultations really come with these ideas. And of course, if you're doing private coaching with me, we would have self-corrected this along the way. But before I move on to tell you what these three things are, in fact, there are four. Well, there are way more than four, but I'm giving you the top three and I'm adding a bonus there as well, because I just, <laughs> in the end, I couldn't make a list of only three. Sorry, I'm very excited to share you some of these ideas. But before I move on, I need to let you know that the Job Hunting Made Simple program is back on. Enrollments are now open. They're only open for a very short period of time. So have a listen to this podcast. Think about the Job Hunting Made Simple program. I will tell you very quickly about it because some of you may not know it. It's my online course and group coaching program for executives that are very serious about finding a job. That's what it is. It's called Job Hunting Made Simple. So make no mistake. <laughs> what we're trying to do here is to help you find a job more in a more straightforward way, easier, simpler, without the guesswork that you would have to do on your own, having a lot of feedback from me and other experts that step in to support us. This is my IP, my coaching framework in a step-by-step way delivered over seven weeks to you. You can listen to it at any point in time from now onwards. Once you're registered and the program starts, you can listen to my coaching live as I'm recording them, or you can listen at your own time. In addition to the recording of the sessions, there is a lot of resources and workbooks and things inside the platform for you to access, not just during the seven weeks, but whenever you need that in the future. Okay, so this is very important for me to let you know, because I only open the online coaching program twice a year. So it is a very good step-by-step -step way of doing this. And I, you know, would really, really love if you could at least have a look at the website and see if this program is the right one for you. 
there's a list there of, you know, who is this program for? And if you can identify as somebody that would benefit from it, then, you know, I encourage you to register and do the program with me. I'd love to have you. I'd love to love, love, love to have as many people as possible and help you get your next job. Okay, let's talk about the three critical mistakes job seekers make during a recruitment process. And this is, as I said, feedback from recruiters, some of which you may have listened to in previous podcasts. I've interviewed lots of recruiters and other experts along the way over this almost two years now doing this. And I've identified that these are the top three. The number one mistake that I really need you to understand and turn around is this. You are not a generalist. Very rarely recruiters and myself find job seekers that are true generalists. You may have become a generalist over time as you've progressed and advanced in your career, but you have a DNA what we call a DNA or a vertical or sort of key profile of where you came from. You may have come up the corporate ladder originally as an accountant or a finance expert or as an HR expert, a marketing expert. That is your DNA. You need to address that when you talk to recruiters. And there are ways of bringing that up in a way that shows your executive leadership, if that's where you are in your career, as much as your vertical or your DNA where you came from. If you present yourself too much as a generalist, that's the baseline. That's the minimal that you need to provide in order to make an impact in the job market. There's a sea of candidates out there. You need to be memorable and find your pitch. That's why in the Job Hunting Made Simple program, the first two weeks is really about honing in who you are, what you bring to the table, what's your biggest strengths, and how to position that in the industry, sector, country that you're moving into. So we really fine-tune that pitch until it's flowing out of your mouth and you're completely comfortable with it. It needs to be authentically yours and it doesn't need to be like anybody else's. This is the most important thing to understand if you want to stand out and impress a recruiter or a hiring manager. Don't be afraid to set yourself up in a different light. And I've addressed this in recent episodes that everybody's copy pasting and becoming more and more vanilla. And it's hard to identify true talent, true diversity of backgrounds, skills and experience to add value to the organization that wants to hire you. So that's number one. Number two, applying for jobs or wanting to meet with recruiters before thinking things through. This is happening a lot during the pandemic and it was always happening in the past as well. But right now we have found that people are made redundant, are laid off and the packages are not as substantial as they used to be. And this impacts the job seeker because they want to find a job faster. Also because now there's really not much to do if you lose your job before 2020, you would lose your job and you would think, okay, let me take a break and have a holiday and go somewhere. Now, you know, many 
people are in lockdown mode and there's not really a lot that you can do. It's not as enjoyable traveling anymore. <laughs> At least not for now. We need to wait until people get vaccinated and borders ease and you can travel with more certainty about what's going to happen, right? So I think for that reason, people are moving from job to job very quickly. And without thinking things through, you're not again making a good impact in your conversation when you talk to recruiters and employers. Sometimes when we lose a job, we grieve. I have. You probably have experienced that before as well. Our bodies and our minds don't really differentiate grieving. It's all grieving, you know, and when you lose a job, you feel rejected, you feel undervalued, you don't feel like yourself, you lose your status quo. Our personas are very much attached to the jobs we have. If that's gone, it takes a while for us to find ourselves again. And sometimes we need a little bit of help. So I would recommend that you take some time off, relax, sleep in, try to find your center again and then talk to people. You can talk to me, you can talk to mentors and former colleagues, really identify where you want to go before approaching a recruiter. And when you talk to a recruiter, you need to present yourself with confidence in the best of light, with good energy, so that you make that impactful presentation to them. And it can take a while until you feel ready with the right energy and the right enthusiasm and knowing where you want to go. The recruiter is not supposed to find that piece of the puzzle for you. Their clients are not you. Their clients are the employers and they have assignments that they need to fulfill. They're incredibly busy. There are hundreds and hundreds of people that are wanting to talk to them. So if you have a little bit of their time, you need to make sure that you don't waste their time and that you don't waste your time as well. Number three is an interesting mistake. It is one that a lot of people make and that's why I wanted to add it to this list. It's the fact that when you are talking to recruiters, sometimes you are at a job interview or even when you're doing your application, you don't make abundantly clear that you want the job. And the reason why I believe some candidates don't make it abundantly clear that they want the job is because they don't actually know if they really want the job or not. It has to do with number two, you know, walking into job search and job opportunities without thinking things through. But it also has to do with maybe too much stress and excitement and a bit of fear and, you know, losing track of what the important things are that you need to say when you walk into those important interviews and important conversations and making sure that they know that you really want the job is important. The other reason why I think some candidates forget to say that is because they have maybe been in senior positions for a long, long time and they are used to being schmoozed. <laughs> I know I have been in the past. I've been incredibly spoiled having been in situations where I had a team and, you know, I was always 
giving praise, but also receiving praise. And I, you know, maybe you lose your humility during that time. I don't know. And then you walk into a job interview and you just feel like they would be, you know, honored to have you. It would be a privilege for them to have you join them, but you forget that you are actually the one who needs the job. And the balance of that situation is that they have lots of candidates to choose from and you may not have as many jobs to choose from. So you need to eat the humble pie if that feels like you and let them know that you are very keen on this opportunity that you want to work for this organization you may forget because you're stressed you may forget because you actually don't actually want that job or you don't really know why you applied for that job and just this week I had a discussion with a client that found themselves in that situation well actually not just one I think a couple of clients have told me this week that they have that situation they were telling me why did I apply for this job I don't even know why so it is common and then you don't make that message clear and then you don't get the job and you don't know why when in fact you didn't really want the job anyway and the third reason is because you have been in a situation of being very privileged having a very good job for many many years and you just see yourself as you know such a great candidate they would be lucky to have you and you forget that the balance of the structure of recruitment and selection is not really one that privileges you. It is the other way around. So you need to eat the humble pie if that's the situation you find yourself in. And I have been in all three So I can completely relate and I remember how it feels. And I remember sometimes really wanting a job, walking out of the interview and thinking, oh, geez, I forgot to tell them I actually want this job. (laughs) I think I was in too much, you know, stress and my nerves took the better of me. I told you I had a fourth critical mistake that I think job seekers make during a recruitment process and this one is an interesting one because well I'll tell you what it is and then I'll explain to you why. It's thinking that the recruiter that you're talking to can act as a coach or a mentor to you and I say that this is a difficult one because I believe many recruiters and executive search partners, headhunters are awesome people. I have worked with, I know that you are listening to this podcast and potentially rolling your eyes and I can understand the cynicism. There are a lot of recruiters that ghost you and don't get back to you and so on. I don't think that this makes them bad people. I just think that they're completely overworked and it's, you know, the systems that they have in place it makes it so hard for them to get back to everybody. It's really, really a tough job to be a recruiter when there are hundreds of candidates applying for each position. They are in the business of rejecting more than they are in the business of hiring, as you can probably understand if you've been job searching for a long time. So I feel like they want to help. They just don't have the time. They really don't. And they may not be the right mentor or coach for you if you're trying to make a big change in your career. They may not see it in your resume. They may not be the right mentor or coach for you if they work with a specific salary range and you have over time surpassed 
that salary range. So let's say you've worked for a long time with a recruiter and their expertise is working with salary ranges from 150k to 190 and you are now in a position where you're hoping to get you know 180 to 200 they may not have the job for you and if they like you which they probably do they will try to slot you in at the salary range that they have you know their clientele is looking for executives up to 190 so they will try to get you at 170 180 and you won't progress to those more senior paychecks and senior positions so be careful and of course I always want all my clients to get feedback as much as possible and identify what is trending in the market feed that back to me and we then brainstorm everything we've learned from recruiters from selection panels and hiring managers and whatnot but you need to take that with a grain of salt and also understand that they may not have any time for you so these are the mistakes. I hope that that makes you more aware and more understanding of what it is and what it means to look for a job and that you then consider maybe going back to some of the previous episodes with other recruiters. I will put a list in the episode show notes so that you can find them more easily. And I feel like there, there are so many episodes that you could listen to. In fact, I know that there are some amazing listeners that binge on this podcast and I am just so proud to see that they are binging and they're getting results. So that's great. And if you want to level up and have even better results from working with me, please do consider applying and enrolling for the group coaching program that's about to begin. I can't wait to complete this group. And I'm really in my happy place when I am running the group. I'm The weeks before the program starts are very chaotic when people are calling me and sending emails and writing messages and asking questions and of course it, it's fun you know I get to talk to people from all over the world that are interested and they've been waiting to hear from me about the opening of the enrollment so it's a lot of fun but I'm in my happy place when I'm actually running the program and I can't wait I cannot wait so I'm very excited about that Look, I hope that you have a great week and there is another great episode coming next week. So I'll talk to you then. Bye for now.